Steely Dan are a group of musicians who have gone to college, studied music, turned on, and then came through with a hit record called Sophisticated Logic. Steely Dan. <laughs> Becker and Donald Fagan, who are Steely Dan.
days of popular music, a lot of people were unable to write anything but words. Now, the group we're going to talk about next combined their words with some really sophisticated sounds and came up with what a lot of people called thinking person's music. Now, actually, the band was made up of two men, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. They used different musicians practically every time they recorded. And people like uh, Jeff Baxter and Michael McDonald went on to become part of the Doobies. And the man doing the singing this time is Donald Fagan. He and Walter Becker took the name of their group for reference, made in a William Earl novel.
That is truly a rare performance by Steely Dan.
Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn, Deja Vu. Get your ass out, Tuesday!
get into it and they'll see it. And that's really good. And then the next day, somebody else is doing it. A whole other band. and also fretting with his thumb. Chuck had a really unique... Here's the chorus, which was this. You have to ask Chuck about the thumb business. They didn't want me to slap, I think mainly because at that time, slapping was just becoming popular and it was on a lot of records. However, my me being a player, I think there are some songs that slapping sounds good. And no matter who you are, you want to keep in the fold of what's happening. Uh, Peg, uh, uh, that bridge there just seemed to be a slapping thing for me. It was always real challenging. 
Angeles when we got there, the, a drummer would show up, you know, a truck would show up, and two guys would come out and set up a huge drum set, you know, and then the guy had two more sets like that, you know, so that he could make the next date, it was all set up when he got there. So we loved that about the uh, L.A. players. At the same time, a lot of the New York musicians had a musical style or a sort of hard-hitting attitude or a, they took chances during their performances in a way that um, didn't happen on the West Coast. Steely Dan represent is certainly one that's more cerebral and intellectual, and beautiful as well. For one of the things that's always struck me about Steely Dan is that although they seem to approach popular culture with a certain sense of irony and distaste, they also clearly have a love for beauty and beautiful music. I mean, they cite John Coltrane as one of their influences, and A Love Supreme is probably one of the most beautiful and sublime recordings of the 20th century. Steely Dan are weird because they didn't choose to play obscure jazz in the East Village, but rather chose to make beautiful records that sold millions of copies and became radio staples throughout the world. But they've always seemed different somehow. On the one hand, their music is warm and beautiful, and on the other hand, their music is quite foreign. And that's what makes them so wonderful and so unsettling. Because every time you listen to a Steely Dan record, you find yourself seduced by the warmth and the beauty of the music, and then you become wonderfully unsettled by the, their intelligence and their otherworldliness.
Queens. Uptown, baby. Uptown. You guys look so familiar to me. Really? Uh, what did you do in New York when you were living there? We were writing music, and we ended up sort of, you know, just loving around New York City, trying to panel, handle songs and stuff like that. I, uh, wait, I think I do know who you are. You <laughs> now that I keep looking at both of you, uh -huh. yes. Are you the guys from Steely Dan? That's us. That's it us. is. That's oh, my God. You got God. us now. Oh, wow. Steely Dan. Have you made any records lately? Yeah, we're making records all the time. We have a brand new record now. What is it? I don't like the blower on horn. Because we look a little well, old. It, we make the rock and roll records. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I want to hear about thinking, it. Right? No, really. What records do you make? I know what make? you're thinking. So fresh and clean. Right. It's not even out there. about it's about well it's like a uh, we can't answer these questions the album is what yeah you, mean you can't answer we can't them. answer them
Will you welcome Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, who are Steely Dan? Okay. How do you like that?
halftime. They did want halftime.
we've jumped around a little bit. We're going to jump around a little bit more. And, and another project, and in, and in particular, a guitar solo that you were a part of was uh, Steely Dan's Peg. And, you know, that was an amazing solo and apparently a tough one for Donald and Walter to nail down. And I guess I, I'd read somewhere that they'd gone through like seven different guitarists, you know, that attempted that, that part. And, and then, of course, they brought you in and they loved what you brought to the table. So tell us a little bit about your experience uh, with Steely Dan and how you brought the right sound and feel to that Peg solo. Right. Uh, their engineer of the time was a guy named Roger Nichols. Oh, yeah, right. And I was rec- I was doing an album for, God, I can't remember who it was, Jim Weatherly, maybe? Mm-hmm. And I was playing, I had ra- arranged the record, and I was doing all the guitar overdubs and stuff, and Roger was the engineer. And Roger says, hey, I'm going to recommend you to Steely Dan, where they're having trouble with this solo. I go, hey, listen, man, that would be great, because every studio guitar player wanted to be on a Steely Dan record. Right, right. Steely Dan... You know, that's another band that, that, well, of course, I love these guys because they think musically the way I think. Uh You know, and like I say, if there's going to be a comparison to Jar, that's it. Even though we don't really sound like Steely Dan, Mm -hmm. it's the intelligent music, the intelligent lyric, you know, and and chord changes and just teetering on jazz, right? Right. All right, so I get the call, I come into the session, and I listen to the tune, and I start playing... Hawaiian. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a Polynesian. So I prefigured my own later resonance in Hawaii. You, you think bluesy. Now I'm thinking, okay, the chords are C major 7 to G2 over B. Okay, I can't think bluesy on the C major 7. That would sound weird. Mm-hmm. But on the G2 over B, there I could use the dominant 7. I could use the F in the scale. I could get bluesy over that so that was my thinking that's how he set me off and then i play those two uh, those double bands at the very beginning mm-hmm. that clearly shows the dominant seven in the pattern in one spot of it mm-hmm. and um you know i just thought along those lines all the way i'm going back and forth between dominant seventh and, and melodic pretty kind yeah. of uh you know and um that's how it went down <laughs> <laughs> 